0: forced confinement has brought many unexpected challenges. One of these challenges is for married couples who were used to leaving for work every day, only to see each other after work and on weekends. They now have to be together 24-7. For some of them, this spells disaster. Confinement statistics tell us that There have been more reported cases of domestic abuse and more couples than ever before are filing for divorce. So, this week, we give you 5 tips to stay together when you're stuck together. Are you ready? Let's dig deeper.
1: Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We felt that this topic was long overdue, not only because of uh, the COVID virus, um, you know, obviously this right now really hits home, but the topic itself, the, the things we're going to mention is really um, d- different phenomenons that we've seen in couples through the years of couples not really knowing each other to the extent that, you know, when they Um, are together they get on each other's nerves and try to avoid each other and try to you know go in the man cave or the wife tries to go shopping all day long five days a week goes out with their friends all the time you know or vice versa this happens a lot and this is why we want to talk about the five tips to stay together when you're stuck together because tough times don't last but tough couples do and um, you know I've seen through the years many many couples Like I was saying that, you know, got married, they both had their full-time job and they actually believe that they're living this close relationship when in reality, they are gone 40 hours a week and barely see each other in the evenings. They have their own little routine. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them have friends over on Fridays and then they have more friends over on the weekends or they go do stuff with their kids. And then next thing you know, really, They didn't have any quality time during the week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the only quality time they probably have is Sunday at church. And then when they get back, um, you know, they'll talk about the sermon, spend a bit of family time, and that was it for the whole seven days. So that's not really something that's going to help you grow your relationship um, together as a, a, a unit, you know, as a couple that is really solid. And I think a lot of couples through this COVID 19, this virus, that are filing for divorce are really realizing to what extent that they're different or that they, you know, didn't know certain things about the other person or that they just uh, don't know how to live together because they're so used to living separate lives under the same roof.
0: Exactly. So very well put Liz, they're living separate lives under the same roof. And I remember when we uh, went through premarital counseling with our pastor at the time, he said, make sure, during that first year, that you really take the time to get to know one another, and he, I remember, he really, he, he even rec- recommended that we get rid of our television set for that first year, or that we just, you know, put it aside or not yeah. plug it in or whatever. He said that first year is a, is a time of bonding, of getting to know one another, of, of sharing more than than ever, because that first year will determine how the other years will be for your marriage and. I remember it was so hard for us because we fell into that trap right when Liz was saying both were working 40 hours a week that was us. The only problem was we weren't both working the same shift. So uh, I was working evenings, so my shift started at 3 until 11 at night and her shift was in the morning. morning. It was what 7:30 to 4 or something like that. Yeah. And so and so she left very early in the morning and I didn't see her And then I went to work and she came back home and I wasn't there.
1: So for five days on seven, we didn't see each other at all. And then I also had another job because that job didn't pay well. So I had another job I was doing um, for the government that paid better, but it was really like a a short, short uh, schedule. So I had to work Friday during the night till Saturday. So I'd come home on Saturday at the crack of dawn and then i'd crash into bed i'm <clears throat> sorry i'd crash into bed and sleep and then we'd see each other only on saturday afternoon when i'd wake up like a, you know like a drone like half asleep and then we had our weekend mm-hmm. and we did that for a while because you know you're you're told you know you have to do this for money you can't leave a good paying job and obviously that government job that's what i was holding on to to get a per um a full-time position or part-time position and that's why i was kind of holding on to that, um, to replace the other job that was during the day. So we just realized after a while, I think we did that about a year, a year and a half. And then I said, you know what, this is just too hard on our couple. You know, this is not why we got married. We got Mm -hmm. married to be together. And now, you know, obviously that was uh, a very strong feeling that I had. And I left that position and uh, moved on to something else. And that was the best thing that we could have done for our relationship because then we were really able to spend that quality time. And, you know, then I I was able to, to be there when he was home. And that made a huge difference in our couple and our relationship. Yeah, it did. And so the topics that we're going to talk about are, you know, some of the things that we've learned over the 20 years of marriage. Yeah. That we've seen through other couples, we've known
0: eighteen, Liz, eighteen.
1: Well, yeah, I say eighteen years of marriage. We've I've known, known him each other for twenty, 20 years. Yeah, and uh, I forget. So, yeah, so you know, there's a lot of things that we've noticed through the years that we're going to talk about because we've also, you know, counseled a lot of couples. Uh, we have a lot of friends that are married and uh, have seen a lot of things through the years. And so a lot of this advice will just help you to, to have a stronger marriage.
0: And, and before we dive in the five tips, I just want to share a Bible verse with you guys that you might not know. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful nugget in the scriptures. And I was talking about earlier, and you, you and I, Liz, were both talking about that first year, right? That's so important to get to bond and to know one another. Well, the Creator God knew about the importance of this. Here's the thing. If you skip that first year it's going to catch up with you so a lot of the couples today that are stuck together because of con- confinement that are breaking up that are going through a divorce because they can't stand one another they're realizing that they they either they're in front of a stranger or they're they're, or they're, they're having more money. fights or all kinds of problems yeah, fighting about
1: money because of the situation job losses
0: absolutely but that that they're basically for a lot of couples they're basically forced right now to be living that first year of bonding. And here's what I want to say. Uh, In Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 5, there's a very interesting nugget of wisdom there. It says, When a man takes a new wife, he shall not go out with the army, nor be charged with any duty. He shall be free at home one year. He shall be free at home one year and shall give happiness to his wife whom he has taken." That is an ordinance from God in the book of Deuteronomy. Isn't that amazing? So God basically knows the importance of that first year of uh, bonding with uh, one another in, in spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and of course physically. The honeymoon year is so important. but. Uh, God knows all about this. And see, in our modern way of life, most young couples or older couples, when they get married, they probably each have their own career. So it's like they get married, they have this big, huge celebration that costs them thousands of dollars. And then it's, hey, let's get back to work because we have debts to pay now because it costs so much. So they're working the 40 hours and and they're not living that first year together. So with the, the forced confinement, a lot of those couples are now maybe 10 years into their marriage, five years into their marriage or whatever. And they're facing one another for the first time. And for a lot of them, it's like, who are you? And why is it that I can't stand you? And (laughs) you know, I was used to living, uh, like you said earlier, this a separate life Mm -hmm. under the same roof. And now I'm kind of forced to live with you and I don't really know you. So for a lot of them, it, it spells disaster.
1: Yeah, and I, I've known people that you know have remarried and were very independent, used to uh, living their own separate lives, and then come together in a in a remarriage, and then you know have their quirks, their their own routines and stuff, and uh, are are almost relieved and happy when the other one goes off to work, yeah. even if they're not on the same schedule, because they've done their you know, the, the, let's say the person's uh, working and then they kind of see each other high bye have a quick supper or something, sometimes not even that. And then, oh, I have to go off uh, and sell houses or I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's so disconnected, you know, and depending on the job that you choose, obviously some some jobs you just have no choice. Like, for example, if you're a real estate agent, well, a lot of visits for homes are in the evening and that makes it difficult. You know, if your husband is working during the day and that's the only time that you have to, to visit the houses uh, most of the time or in the evening, that uh, separates you guys. So you have to find different ways to reconnect each other and to find that quality time where you can arrange it differently. Maybe go have lunch with him. Uh, at his work, or you know, find a, a an evening where you don't have to, where you can block off and say, "I'm not going to schedule anybody on that evening. It's our date night," uh, to prioritize your relationship.
0: Absolutely. So, Liz, what's the first tip to stay together when you're stuck together?
1: So, communicate more, more clearly, and more considerately than ever before. Now, this sounds very basic, and you probably heard this a hundred times. But when we first got married, this was something I think that, you know, it's we're not like we we tend to mention when we first got married and young couples. But honestly, I've seen couples that have been married for 20 something years still not communicate properly. That's true. So the the idea behind this is to never assume that the person you're with understands what you're thinking mm,
0: or what you even what you're saying.
1: Exactly. So. We've learned through time that it was very important for us to be extremely clear. Extremely clear. (laughs) So sometimes we're even sarcastic about it and we're like, um, so what I'm saying is I would like you (laughs) to do this for me because if you don't, then this will happen. And that would be, you know, a disaster. So Do you you
0: understand me? So can you
1: please... (laughs) not do such and such ever again and
0: and sometimes and liz will liz will 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 tell you this is true sometimes she tells me something and i'm going to turn to her and and sincerely really seriously say so if i understand correctly you're saying blah 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 and then she's gonna and then she's gonna look at me and go like no that is not what i'm saying (laughs) Because you would think, right after eighteen years, when she speaks, I get it, right? No, still not, still no, and uh, I still have to clarify with her before we, we go it our depends, separate way and, yeah, and do the exact task or whatever we want to do.
1: There's a lot of things through time. Obviously, we we can almost think each other's thoughts and um, like order each other's food at the restaurant. There's a lot of things that we we know so well about each other.
0: Sometimes I do it on purpose. We go to the restaurant and I order something just on purpose. So she's gonna go like, "Why would you order that? I thought you'd pick that." Yeah, I wanted to play with your mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, usually, this is what we've learned is that that's been a really big lesson because the way a man thinks and the way a woman thinks is very different. And when you start adding children in, all that makes and other things, maybe even business, where you know, or ministry, we've been working together. Um, For quite a few years now, with thriving on purpose, and it's really been a challenge because we had learned, you know, how to live in a household and how to be clear about tasks and what needs to be done and what needs to be done concerning the kids and where our priorities are. But then when you start working together and you realize, okay, you know, this the person I'm with has different strengths than I do. I didn't expect them to have this weakness and so you know I have to work around that and you know and then there's vice versa and he didn't expect me you know to have this weakness in this area and and how do we help each other how do we communicate how do we work work together without getting on each other's nerves and really um, not try to force each other to be what we're not
0: and here's what I've noticed with which is also funny Like you mentioned after 18 years and with three kids in the mix and a dog uh there's a lot of distraction and sometimes i'm going to be talking to elizabeth but i know she's distracted by what the kids are doing or saying or whatever and she's not looking and i'm like if she doesn't get what i'm saying now we're going to pay a price later because she's gonna be why didn't you tell me or why did not you do this so then i go like look at daddy look at daddy (laughs) And then she turns, and then when she makes the eye contact, then I tell her this is important. Listen attentively, <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell her what I need to tell. Her. And she does the same thing with me. Sometimes I'm distracted, and she really needs yeah, they, to get my attention. Th- the
1: three kids are something else. Sometimes all at once, and well, it's hard to. <laughs> and
0: confinement, as as like with no school, because we were kind of counting on school. As entrepreneurs, we we love when they're at school because it gives us all this extra time to work and to be focused, right? So now we had those months where uh, it wasn't like that. So it was harder for us to get stuff done and we needed to communicate even more clearly and, and really make sure the other one understood, okay, this is why I'm telling you, this is important. We need this for such and such a time. It needs to be done today and blah, blah, blah. And so we need to really uh, pay attention to what the Yeah, Yeah,
1: And also never assume that when you do something nice for somebody, uh, for the, the, the person you're living with, for your husband or your wife, never assume necessarily that because, I don't know, you think that, you know, it's the greatest thing in the world to receive gifts, uh, never assume that the other person, that's their love language. So, you know, try to ask questions, ask the right questions, and try to find out, you know, what what pleases them, what makes them happy. You know, for some women, it's special attentions, it's uh, acts of service—it's helping out, it's kind words, it's writing uh, a, a love letter, it's spending quality time—you uh, know, just having and a simple coffee and discussing your day and seeing, you know, what are the things that you you can work at together as a couple to to help each other out.
0: And speaking of kind words and communication, of course, now more than ever, people are confined, so of course they need to communicate, make sure they understand one another very clearly. But using kind words, be considerate. Like that's what it said, right? Number one, to be more considerate than ever before because we're more on edge. People are more stressed. Some yeah. of them have lost their jobs. The financial strain is there. So be kind, be extra kind. And I know it can be hard because now, uh, you know, people, your spouse might be getting on your nerves a little bit more because they're more home. And that, that's, the, that's the challenge. To remain kind even when you're annoyed, so that's that's another thing that's very important when you communicate with your spouse these days.
1: Yeah, because stress can you know give you, make you more short tempered. It can affect the way you feel about your future. And for some men right now, or some women have lost their jobs, and it was something that they worked really hard at for many years, and it's devastating. And for the other person that maybe have been a stay at home mom, she can't understand that or relate to that so it's very important to be compassionate and loving towards one another and help the other to get through this hard time and to find themselves and for a lot of you know a lot of christians right now they're questioning where is god in all this what is my my destiny what is my purpose where is god leading me through all this i just lost my job what does that mean for my future for the future of my family and um, they're going to have to do some deep soul searching and, and spend more time with God. And, and even if, you know, they might even have to retreat. They might even have to, um, you know, just go somewhere to, to be quiet, even if it means going camping in a tent or something, you know, that they could just spend more time with God and, and find some answers.
0: That's a great point. Which brings us to number two. The second tip to stay together when you're stuck together is... Share and distribute the workload. I know that seems, again, first point sounded so basic. Yeah, communicate, everybody knows that. Well, what, distribute, share the workload? Seriously, you're gonna tell us that? Yes, I am gonna tell you that because guess what? Now, things might be very different for you guys. You might need to renegotiate who's gonna do what because now you're together, 24, for some of you, 24 seven. You're a lot more together and that might mean uh, rearranging who does what. And you don't want to step on each other's toes, okay? So maybe uh, maybe now that daddy is home or, 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 or the husband's home uh, more, maybe he's trying to do things that you're used to doing and maybe you don't like the way he does it. So that may lead to uh, TIFFs or even worse. Uh, so there's going to be some uh, uh, communication, but also sharing and distributing the workload adequately under new, perhaps new circumstances.
1: And you know, I think that this, this point is really, really important. And we did that in our first year of marriage. And obviously through the years, we reevaluated as kids came in the picture, as more responsibility came in the picture, um, because that obviously changes, but I'm surprised how many couples don't even do this. They just kind of expect each other to kind of figure it out and they kind of wing it and what ends up happening is oftentimes you know now a lot of women have to work 40 hours plus do most of the chores in the house and what happens is they get bitter they get angry they get bitter because now they're having to fill that uh, provider uh job you know they have to go get the bacon even if he does the work as well, and he goes to get the bacon, he works full-time, sometimes even more hours, and then we find ourselves fighting over, uh, you know, why is it always up to me to do everything, and a lot of fighting, so it's really... And and, and
0: sometimes it's stupid fights, it could be about the coffee pot, you know? Why is it always me who cleans the coffee pot? And and it's, it's things like that, it's the silly things that can lead to an explosion in the household. So even these little matters, who cleans the coffee pot, to establish certain rules of conduct, okay, the last person who who poured the coffee or the last person who, the one who makes it doesn't have to clean or something like that, you have to to figure it out so that you don't get these needless explosions over trivial matters because sometimes trivial matters can really bite you in the behind.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's maturity in there as well, but... I think that this is really important to, to really establish what you're willing to do and to take in consideration the outside of the home, not just the inside of the home, and who's willing to do what, what needs to be done. Um, if you can, maybe some outsourcing, if there's things that can be done because you're doing a lot of hours, maybe there's things that you can pay somebody to do for the exterior of the house to have more time together, depending on your financial needs and all. but. Um, it's really important that you guys take this seriously because assuming that the other person, that your husband is going to guess that... it you know, needs to be done. The dishes were full and, you know, in the sink and you expected him to do it because they're there and how could he not notice that and blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes it's well, something as
0: simple as he noticed the dishes, but he, he planned on that particular day to go clean out the shed and lo and behold, he forgot to tell you. So get back home dishes are not done he did his shed he's so happy he's excited to tell you about the shed but you blow up in his face because the dishes aren't done or something like that yeah
1: that's just an example so so take this into consideration and you know what was funny is in the first few years of marriage we realized by doing that um, that there were actually a lot of chores that i was doing that i really hated doing um that he didn't mind doing and vice versa there was a lot of things that he was like oh i really hate doing that and i didn't mind doing so we just swapped and changed yeah we were like
0: you you always we mentioned that in in, in past podcasts it's always open to renegotiation yeah so whenever there's someone who's miserable doing something you can always go back to the negotiating table say you know what i've been doing this for five weeks now and I really hate it. Is there any way I could like take one of your responsibilities and just like swap or try something else or maybe you could take that and relieve me of it? Or
1: Yeah. And, you know, obviously we're talking a lot about people, you know, working um, both full-time jobs and whatnot, but there are, you know, people, Christians that, you know, maybe the wife is at home full-time and the husband works and so the, the distribution of workload is different. And, you know, I think it's important when we talk about um, you know sharing what stresses you as well because um, as yeah. a man oftentimes you tend to not talk about certain things because you don't want to stress the other person out or you don't want to worry your wife and sometimes it's important to um, understand that you know your wife was given to you by God as a help meet and you know how she's going to process things are different and she might have really good insight from God and really good words of knowledge that God will use through her if you open up and tell her what your worries are and how uh, what you plan to do and maybe you guys can discuss you know the future and what you want to change in the future and how you want to do this together and make God a part of those things so involve her in your decision making and even if it's some things that you may think, oh, I want to keep to myself. I don't want to worry her. Sometimes all that pressure and that burden is just too much for uh, you to handle, and it just ends up biting you. Uh, in the end, it's not really a, a good strategy. It's really important to communicate so that you can find a solution together. Absolutely. So that brings us to number three: schedule your together and apart time.
0: Oh yes, yeah. so crucial. Now you're you're being uh, forced. You're being confined together. Okay, so that causes potential stressors because now all of a sudden you're always together or most more time together. So some people take this as, well, you know what, we're so together now, we don't really need date night anymore. Big mistake. Big mistake. You still need date night. You still need a time where you're going to uh, leave everything behind and just focus on the other in a romantic way. So you still need that time together. The, the Bible, and let's talk physical here, the Bible says to, to not deprive one another of each other, right, sexually and physically. So being together doesn't replace that romantic aspect of the marriage, the marriage bed, basically. So you want to schedule that. You don't need to be uh, super like, well, every Friday night at 8.30 when the kids are in bed, that's going to be our time. It doesn't need to be super uh, stringent and and, um, regimented, but you need to to plan stuff, plan romantic moments. It can be moments too, just a hug in the kitchen or a little, uh, keep the romance alive, right? Basically, Liz. And and just as important, the apart time. I'm going to talk about the apart time. You wanted to add something, Liz.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to say when you're together um, to schedule that time, it's really important to connect and to have that quality time where you d- really discuss and, and you know get to a different place in your relationship where you can be open about what God's doing in your heart, what your relationship with God mm-hmm. looks like right now, how you feel about your future, how do you feel about what you're doing together. And um, I know for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people in ministry, This is very difficult to um, schedule in a part time sometimes because they're so led by, so driven by what they need to do and it always feels like Mm -hmm. it's never enough, right? You, You can't ever accomplish enough in a day and that's the trap because then what happens is when you're not able to say, okay, enough's enough. I know there are people that still need my help. I know there are people that could benefit from mm-hmm. my my helping them and my work. However, my wife is my helpmeet. I married her and she has needs and she has to uh, come first. So you have to schedule that time so that you have a solid relationship. And I've heard so many uh, Christian entrepreneurs talk about this and those that are seasoned and have a lot of wisdom always said, that if the household doesn't work, nothing else works. So if you have a you know broken up household, you're always fighting, but you're able to, you know, f- focus on your work and you're really good at your job, eventually it's gonna catch up with you because it's gonna weigh you down. You really have to have things together and solid and a good relationship with your wife and your husband together uh, and with God, obviously. So that your business is gonna thrive, it's gonna give you extra wings, and it's gonna help you through those bumps when things are difficult in your business.
0: Amen to that. And uh, so, speaking of a part time, I think for the guys, uh, man, this is so important. We need what what is called cave time when we go. That's why we have the expression of man cave. Guys need that time alone to just. It could be fiddling with their tools in the garage or on their project or something, but time alone when they they don't
1: or studying it, the Bible, reading complicated. That's
0: time alone with books. God. That's time alone with God. But you know, sometimes when I when I go listen to a Sasquatch documentary and you, you're telling me what are you doing, <laughs> that is my way of unhooking from everything else, and that's my way. It's really that time when I get into man cave mode where I really relax and I'm just thinking of me and nothing else not the kids not the wife not the business not uh, the the uh, the mini mini barn that needs painting or whatever I'm just doing something for me to chill and I think men need that and but here's the thing though although we do need it we need to tell to communicate again back to communication To tell our wives, now, I love you, I love our relationship, I love our marriage, but now I really need cave time. I really need time for me because it's going to help me recharge my battery. Because that's how we, let's face it, that's how guys recharge our batteries. And and it sounds stupid, maybe like, they say, yeah, you're going to watch a documentary on Sasquatch and it's going to recharge your battery? Yeah. For me, it could be that. It could be uh, reading a book. It could be uh, taking a walk uh, in the woods, whatever, but whatever I would Pick and choose at that particular time when it's my my man cave time. It's what's gonna recharge my battery, and and the wife needs needs to respect that. Um, Men might need more than women in general. They might need more cave time, but women need it as well. Especially with confinement going on, the the the, if you have kids, you're gonna guys are gonna need to give. Okay, you're gonna need to ask for that cave time, but you have to give it to your wives as well. She might want to go shopping, just you know, change her mind a little bit, and just get out and get out of the house, get out of the four walls, whatever. But you need to respect that as well. Anything you want to add, Liz, about the the the, the time apart? We we know time together is important, date night, romance, to keep that alive, and not assume that because we're together it's going to be fine, fine and dandy. But what about the time yeah, apart I for think, women? From women or women's perspective? I think the time
1: apart is important because. Obviously, we're different beings, you know, not only are we men and women that have different interests, but you know, our temperaments are different, you know, one of you might be more extroverted, the other one more introverted. And so the more introverted person usually likes to read more, uh, watch documentaries, be a little more into uh, their studying or, you know, do different hobbies, different things that they, they care about. And that might not be something that the other Uh, that your spouse shares in in doing with you and that's okay because we all need that time where you know we have that space and you know for example like I like to sometimes cook complicated dishes well you know that's not Sebastian's thing some nights you know he's going to say what can I do to help you and I'd like to just chit chat with you and participate and I'll, I'll be okay with that and other times I'll say you know what the kid's have been just, it's been very intense today. A lot of homeschooling, a lot of this, a lot of that. I just want to make supper quietly. Can you just yeah. take them out in, in the yard and play with them or do something so that you keep them busy so I can just focus on what I'm doing and just unwind a little bit? Yeah,
0: sometimes Liz likes to drink a little bit of wine while preparing a meal and listening to uh, maybe a sermon. Music. She's enjoying music. or music. She sermon, likes that. Yeah. That's her. That's her. That's Like her quiet kind of... Uh, un-
1: unwinding, <laughs> unwinding yeah. time. So that's a yeah, part. And time. other times, I like to study different things. I like to do different courses that he's not as interested in, and he likes to do other kind of courses. And so we'll just discuss that and and find times where we're both agreeing to go our separate ways. And. And it's fun because then we have a lot to talk about. You know, a lot of people. So don't, what did you learn? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have nothing to talk about because they're not interested in anything. Like we always have something to talk about, and it's funny because years ago when we worked together in our government job, it was a very physical job. It was very hard and strenuous physically, and so we did our eight hours. Sometimes we even did overtime, did ten hours or twelve hours. And people used to say, don't you guys get sick of looking at each other? Like, you're always together. You're together at home. Then you come and work 10 hours together. Like, don't you ever get on each other's nerves? And, and then we said, you know what? No, because we always learn to, I don't know. It's like we always learn to enjoy the, the quiet moments, the small small talk the boring mundane stuff of life like going to do the groceries we made it fun we had our little uh, habits of doing this and that while we did our groceries or going to a certain place before or after like we always find found you know the the different things that we did in life that were maybe redundant to a lot of people we always found a way to enjoy our company together And, um, and I think, you know, if you have, um, a variety, a variety of interests that you both explore, you know, a lot of women feel, um, like guilty if they want to study a certain thing or learn a certain thing, because, you know, they're going to be a little less away from the, the household or in the evening, they're not watching a show or doing something with their husband that they should, or this and that. Well, it's important to, to discuss these things, you know, if for you, it's really important to study a certain thing on a certain night, or maybe you like to go to the Bible study on a certain night and your husband can't because he has to go to work or whatnot, like to discuss, you know, what, what you want to do. And then you'll have wonderful things and, and stories to talk about together because you're both, you know, in different interests and doing different things and, and actively doing what you're passionate about.
0: Absolutely. Which brings us to number four of the five tips to stay together when you're stuck together. Laugh together. Laugh together. And, you know, for some couples, it might be easier than for others. I mean, me and Liz, we crack jokes on like... All All the the time. All the time. She's the sarcastic one. I'm the real funny one. I I mean, it's the real humor. (laughs) The the real thing. But she just just, cracks jokes, jokes without laughing, right? Uh, but uh, I, we, I just love it. I mean, it's just, it's the spice of life. It's, and especially in hard times, we're living through very difficult times right now. If you don't have humor, oh my goodness, what do you have? You yeah, have, you, you gotta, you gotta have at least that. You gotta be able to laugh at some things.
1: And I know for you, for some of you, you know, we know our podcast is listened to, like, there's so many countries around the world. And You know, for some of you, you're going through very difficult times and it's very difficult to um, look at the circumstances around you or maybe, you know, there's a lot of riots around where you are and it's very difficult to say, oh, well, I'm just going to watch something funny now on TV or I'm just going to laugh when I see all this going around. I know it could be difficult, but sometimes you really have to... um, close the world around you and just focus on each other and say, you know, there are problems in this world. We're going to pray about them. Um, that's, and that's
0: the next point, by the way, is praying together.
1: Well, okay. Now
0: okay. it's laughing together.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's part of my point. <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, see what I mean? See what I mean? There you go.
1: It so, is what it is. Yeah, there's times where you have to pray together, but there's times where, you know, it's good to take out a book and read some jokes together or you know share something sometimes Sebastian will read something really funny as a funny story and he'll share it with me and i will make my day or, or but I don't a funny need, quote but that I don't he sees need on the internet to read
0: funny stories to be funny just so they know I mean
1: it... <laughs> Or he thinks it's so funny showing me a certain meme on the internet and, <laughs> and stuff you know but it's, I know just
0: the ones that the that... Tickle her funny bones. Or I just and, know which ones to show her. <laughs>
1: and, yeah. And, you know, there's different little things. Like, it doesn't have to be complicated, but you have to learn to laugh t- together. And, you know, we've been through really, really tough times in our marriage where life threw us some very, very difficult curveballs. And they were not funny. But, you know, as we were getting through them, we always found a way to kind of laugh about certain things. Because otherwise, it was just too unbearable and we just cry all day long. That's so true. So it was, you know, there were times where it was just, you know, you just have to look at the situation and say, I have to find something humorous about this because, you know, life is just too heavy right now. (laughs) And and it
0: reminds me of a good quote. (laughs) Life is a tragedy to those who feel and it's a comedy to those who think. So, and, and, but uh, speaking of laughter and, and cracking jokes and, and making the other laugh or whatnot, I remember our first year of marriage, we, we, we married after a year and four months of, um, of Cording. dating, yeah, Cording. Cording, yeah. And, uh, so it was rather, well, was, some would say it's quick. Some would say it wasn't, but it was a little bit quick. So we, we didn't know each other that well when we got married. And Elizabeth didn't understand my sense of humor that well, and there was a lot of my jokes that she didn't get, that offended her, and that 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 actually, I thought I was being funny, and she was being offended. So it was, she had, we both had to learn how to laugh with one another. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, I was a
1: bit stuck up.
0: Yeah, and I was <laughs> a bit, I was a bit too, um, um, how would you say this? Um, improper, perhaps. <laughs>
1: He was so, a bit
0: too liberal. A little bit too liberal. So I had to learn to tone it down a little bit. And she had to learn to, to, to lighten Loosen up a little up, bit. Yeah. yeah. And and so we learned to, and it's funny because now I, I sometimes I crack a joke at her and she laughs and laughs. And I'm like, you know what's amazing? 18 years ago, I would have said the same joke. And that could have been a cause for a huge fight. So, but it depends, now it's yeah. so different right because she knows me so she yeah, knows I'm there's not there's a knowing fact I don't have a, an ill intent see when you're we don't really know each other you're you might you're think like, the person's trying to be why is he saying that
1: does that mean a certain thing yeah and you overanalyze and that's why you don't laugh and you overreact but when you've been married for quite a few years you know that you know all that is in the past. You don't see things the same way, so you actually laugh. <laughs> oh, she doesn't.
0: Or she just doesn't laugh and just looks at me. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I know it's time to shut up now.
1: Yeah, there's that too.
0: Yeah. Number five.
1: So pray together. Couples who pray together stay together.
0: And uh, That's a bit cliche, right? We hear this in church all the time. Couples who pray together stay together. Don't forget to pray. You get like, you're a young married couple and you get the the elderly couples come to see you and say, don't forget couples who pray together, stay together. And it while it is cliche, it's very true as well. Because I think there is no stronger bond than the spiritual bond between man and wife. And what better way to create that bond than to pray for one another when you're apart, but also pray together when you're together. And and see prayer I don't want to put prayer in a box. See prayer. Some people listening to us will think, "Oh, so that means like you you go lock yourself in your room with your wife, fall down on your knees, and then pray together." Yes, there's that, but praying together, it, 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 a life of prayer is uh, has so many components to it. And, and one of the ways we quote unquote pray together, Liz and I, is we exchange spiritual views on a lot, pretty much all matters that surround our lives. Uh, sometimes I'm just going to give her a spiritual insight I got from an experience i had with my kids today or um she's gonna th- do the same thing uh, spiritual insight i was listening to a podcast earlier or i was listening to and a training lord, yeah, earlier and, and the lord, lord spoke, spoke to my to heart and showed me such and such see that may not be praying together but it's still spiritually bonding and that's what i mean by pray together always stay connected spiritually Whether it's through real actual prayer time or times when you do declarations together or just times when you exchange views on, it could be a Bible passage, a Bible uh, story, an account, a preacher you heard today, anything that has a spiritual um, component to it that, that resonates with your heart when you share it with the other, you're creating a bond, you're bonding.
1: Yeah, so you're connecting spiritually, and there's the the praying together for your family. So we'll do that when we get on our hands and knees and we pray for our family. Um, you know, all kinds of things happen in our lives. You know, where the devil's trying to get to our kids, trying to get his foot in our family, and it's time for you to pray and to make sure these things don't happen and that um, you're spiritually strong as a family unit. And, you know, there's times where, um, you know, we have to pray for each other because we're going through difficult th- things, you yeah. know, sometimes spiritually the, the other, your spouse is not as strong or yes. sometimes, you know, they've uh, experienced something difficult that happened in, in their personal life, in their um, heart or, yeah. uh, you know, all, th- all kinds of and, things Yeah, And happen. there's been seasons, And it's right? hard, you know, yes. like there's times, you know, where I found it very difficult, you know, where Sebastian was questioning himself or, you know, lived through something very difficult and said, you know what, I'm really going through a hard time right now spiritually. I don't understand what's happening um, in my relationship with God. There's things I need to understand. Mm-hmm. And I would pray for him, you know, uh, and sometimes I would pray with him and sometimes I would pray um, alone for him. And I think it's really important to always stay connected and to... Like you know, to to know where you're at, because don't assume that the person you're with is at the same level spiritually that you are, or that has the same understanding. Or they
0: may they might be, although you are one flesh, the other one might be going through a season in their spiritual walk with God, or just in their lives, that is so taxing and so difficult on them. And mm-hmm. then you have to be the strong one. Uh, there was a book, I think it was Stormy or Martian who wrote it. Said um, it was written for women. And the title was, uh, Hanging on to Heaven While Your Husband Goes Through Hell. Mm. Uh, Good title. I love it. Uh, But it could also uh, have been titled, Hanging on to Heaven While Your Spouse Goes Through Hell because, you know, uh, wives go through hard times, husbands go through hard times, and um, you have to be strong in those times. And you have, you know, when the Bible says that the one who is spiritual may be able to uh, lift the other up, right? So so when you're the strong one, you have to lift the other one.
1: Exactly. Many times, um, fortunately, we didn't crumble at the same time and that we were always able to help each other up when things were difficult and sometimes we just didn't have the questions and, you know, sometimes you just don't have the answers to, to give to your spouse and you just have to be praying. For a solution, or for God to intervene, and you both have to pray together, and it's just something that you're walking along your husband, or walking alongside your wife as they they grow through go through the season in their life where they have things to understand, um, and that God is taking them through. So you have to be patient and compassionate.
0: And sometimes it's not God taking it through, taking them through it. It's it's the devil and and sometimes you're gonna have to do spiritual warfare for for the sake of your husband or wife they may be going through uh quote-unquote hell uh, they may be drug drug down there in the mud and, and you might have to raise your voice and and uh, fight for them
1: yeah and
0: it's happened that liz has done it for me and i've done it for her and uh thank goodness like she said that oftentimes in our marriage when one was down, the other one was,
1: was okay, was up, yeah, was the devil, to fight. Yeah, the devil uses all kinds of ways, right? And all kinds of things happen in our lives. And I'll just give you an, uh, an example. You know, depression. A lot of people think that it's physical, that it's a mental state. Um, there they they can think it's be, the chemistry of the brain. And, can and, be, and yes, there is that. There can be a factor that, that's mental. Uh, there could be a deficiency in vitamin Bs if you're going through... A very stressful period, but there also can be a demonic and spiritual attack where you feel that all of a sudden there's dark cloud and you're not able to function and you, you question your walk with God, you question everything in your life and, and, you know, your spouse might be looking at you and saying, Whoa, what's happening? You know, all of a sudden this person seemed fine. And then all of a sudden, what is this dark cloud over our family, over our lives? This is not normal. Yeah. And so, you know, there are times where, uh, you need to pray and, and, you know, fight off the devil and pray in the name of Jesus for these things to, to go away and for him to leave your family alone. Just cast
0: them away. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. And
1: in the name of Jesus and to, to claim, to ask for peace and for joy and for, um, different things that you want to come upon your husband or your wife so that they may feel better, and all of a sudden that cloud is removed, and they're able to function and to to work for for God again, and to be all there mentally, right? So there's all kinds of different ways. Obviously, through sin, uh, we don't always see these things happen in our lives. Sometimes we, it, you know, sometimes we don't even realize that it's just a thought that we had, um, negative thought over negative thought that we let creep in, and then the next thing you know we're in doubt, and we're questioning God, and we're spiraling out of control, yeah. and the devil's just taking us for a ride, and we don't even see it. But, ha- but how your it spouse might
0: see it though, exactly. and, and intervene, and, and just at the right time. So let's just review the five tips to stay together when you're stuck together. Number one is
1: communicate more, more, more clearly and more considerately than ever before. Number two, share and distribute the workload. Oh, yeah. Number three, schedule your together and apart time Number four, laugh together. A sense of humor is so important in hard times. Number five, pray together. Couples who pray together stay together.
0: Amen. That covers it.
1: So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And uh, just, you know, we love to hear your feedback. If you're not in our Facebook group, uh, you can join. You can just click on the the image, you just go to thrivingonpurpose.com and you'll see uh, an image to join our Facebook group on our website.
0: The group is called Top Kingdom Growth Group.
1: Exactly. And you can join that group or you can also find it through our Facebook page. Just look up on Facebook Thriving Purpose and you'll see um, there's a a join, I think it's a join button or something that you can learn more. I forget, but it leads you to our Facebook group so that you can join. That we are um, doing a, a masterclass on the eight uh, steps to activate your faith. Uh, so if you are questioning why you're not getting answers to your prayers, why you feel so disconnected from God, and um, no matter how much you pray and you know you have faith. Um, nothing it seems to be working in the direction you want it to or it's just um, so slow and you you just need to be closer to God you want you you crave that closeness to God in that relationship where you see you know things activate in your life where you see God move in your life in a mighty way I encourage you to join our group to have uh, access to that free masterclass you don't have to pay for it it's free And uh, you can join our email list where we let you know about our podcasts. Also, we uh, will let you know that in our group. So, you can find all that information at thrivingonpurpose.com. And, um, you know, for those of you that have been going through a difficult time together, um, you know, we're here if you want to talk and discuss things with us. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach us on our Thriving on Purpose uh, Facebook page. Uh, We're always available to message to um, and we'd love to help you if you are experiencing job loss, if you're uh, searching for yourself, maybe you're doing a job that you don't like, or maybe this whole uh, virus COVID thing has really uh, made you feel insecure about your job and you're looking for a way to provide multiple streams of income for your family. I know a lot of people have been questioning this, have been considering becoming entrepreneurs like we are doing, and it's such a time right now where we need to be financially independent and we need to uh, guard our families and protect our families and those we love and to to have those resources. So if you are looking for uh, another opportunity, something that can maybe Uh, be done on the side of your job or maybe replace your job let us know we're available uh, to discuss this with you Um, and like I said you can reach us through our Facebook page that's the best way to reach us or through our website thrivingonpurpose.com so be blessed
0: and thrive on
1: for more free resources and content make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com.